Hi everyone, welcome to HubShot's episode 131. You'll listen to APAC's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features, and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot's CEO, Brian Halligan, does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. In this episode, we look at some little-known HubSpot tips, tricks, and hacks. Plus, we chat about Google's new marketing features, including the push into automatically creating ads and landing pages for you. My name is Ian Jack from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really well, and super excited about some of the things we're going to cover in the show, like this first one in Inbound Thought of the Week that you've highlighted. It's a cracker. me on today. Amazing. Let's get straight into it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, and this is delivered on July 10th, and this is Google's, I guess, update to the the world about what's happening in Google marketing. Google AdWords doesn't exist any longer. It's now called Google Ads, and they've amalgamated a lot of platforms that they've used, like DoubleClick and Analytics 360 and so on. So you would have heard some of these things, and I think what they've done is a bit of consolidation and try to tie things together and make things much easier for people to I guess, advertise and spend money on, isn't it? Well, even just recognition, we talk with some of our clients that aren't really across all the paid channels. And we say, oh, we're going to do Facebook ads. Okay, cool. We're going to do Google AdWords. AdWords? What are they? Mm. Oh, Google Ads. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So the name change is just, it's understandable, I guess. Absolutely. So I want to highlight one thing that really stood out in this keynote was that we're going to see shortly Google starting to automatically build landing pages and set up campaigns with auto-optimization for a lot of small businesses and they're calling this smart campaigns. So one of the really interesting things in there is they're using this particular type of search ad called responsive search ads, right? And it's using the Google machine learning technology to actually build the right ad for the right customer at the right time. So basically give it, I think it's six or seven headlines, two or three different types of descriptions. And even now they're moving to three headlines and two lines of description. So one of the things they've said with responsive search ads is that there's 90% more information there. So we already thought search was taking up more space on the page. Well, here we go. There's 90% more coming your way. It's kind of funny, isn't it? It's like, oh, there's um, hardly any organic in the above the fold. And it's kind of like, well... Now there's like going to be, it's almost like going to be only a single, <laughs> single ad above the fold. The ads will be enormous. It'll be worse on mobile, of course. So. Yeah. So just think about this. Like, I mean, I love it from the perspective of it's made it more accessible to the people that don't know how to use the technology and giving businesses that leg up. And that's what I think is great. On the other side of it, people that provide services to businesses will find that this, what I would call the starting end of town is basically being taken away and automated. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how deep this goes because quite often these small things for just automating little tasks uh, for small businesses are pretty, well, I'll call them dumb. They're not overly um, smart or intelligent. But when I saw this demo that you're showing, I was going, wow, this looks really smart. And, in fact, it's encroaching on some of the bigger campaigns that we might run. That's right. It was so, like, some of this technology that they're highlighting, by the way, it was it's a keynote and demo where. That's so right. So I was like, oh, well, let's see if it's actually that good. But it looked really cool. So, actually, just before the show, I pinged Kylie in our team. Oh, yeah. She looks after AdWords for a lot of our clients. And I said, do we have this in any of our accounts? Because it's in beta, right? Correct. I said, have we got any of this in any yes. of our accounts? 
She pinged me back on something. She said, yes, we do. I'm trying it now. Yeah. So we're actually getting started Correct. on some of these things. And now. you're right. And I have found it in some of our accounts and mm. I've just gone, I'm just going to try creating it and see what results we get. It's pretty amazing. Like, I think with the whole change of the interface and all of this stuff that's happened, it's really fascinating to see. I think like we both work in Google ads on a daily basis and just the amount of change in the, just even the last 12 months, is just phenomenal. Like, it's the most I've ever seen in the entire time we've actually worked with products. Yeah, it's going – and we'll, we'll come back to some of the other things that they could be doing in a second. But one of the things I'll say, just in terms of our approach to AdWords, we seem to be finding, whereas before we spent a lot of time setting up campaigns and then less time kind of just managing and keeping an eye on them, we're kind of seeing that shift. So shift. now it's more like, oh, Google, help us set these up. Our job actually as account managers is to kind of keep them in line because you know how Google, you know, left unattended before you know it, you know, all these clicks here and there. So we kind of see our job as being really smart about making sure they're kept contained in a sense. So that creative pit starting up, Google machine learning, pushing yes. that. We've just, you've still got to just make sure it doesn't go wild and suddenly spend Correct. a lot of money where it shouldn't be. Exactly. And so I'll liken this to... Not so long ago, for the last few years, you've had Google AdWords Express, which was made for small businesses. You know, tell me your website. I'll create some ads. Which, frankly, pretty bad. It was horrible. Terrible, yeah. I've seen accounts Mm. targeting things that really had nothing to do with the business. Yeah. So I think this is really interesting. I think that was probably the first step. I think when we're talking about machine learning and artificial intelligence and understanding what's going on, this is going to shift the entire landscape. So if you're a business... I'd definitely be asking people in your business that manage the Google ads or ad platforms what they're doing. Are they actually using the new features? So many new features that are actually totally underutilised within Google ads. Yeah, and there is a bit of a a window of opportunity for using these new things, getting on them quickly, trying them, because you know how Google likes to, they almost favour people that are testing some of the new things. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we haven't seen on Google yet, which I'm surprised, yes. you know, we were chatting about this before, yep. you know how on Facebook you can get lead ads. Yes. So you're in Facebook, pops up a form within Correct. Facebook, you don't leave. You never leave the platform. LinkedIn's got the same. I think Twitter's got their same. Google doesn't have that version really. I'm surprised that we haven't yet seen within the browser. You can have click-to-call ads, of Correct. course, on mobile, but there's still no kind of pop-up where you well, could respond to an, that's like, right. so I think to fill in a form on the ad. Yeah. That would be tied So back. I think, Craig, if I look at this keynote, I mm. think what's going to happen is that Google is going to start building landing pages from the data it knows about a business, from its My Business listing, right. from its website and so on, and it'll start to build those landing pages to provide a better experience to people. So it's, it wants to be quick, right? So yeah. the whole there, there's a lot of, there was a lot of push in the keynote about accelerated mobile pages mm. to be kind of the standard and this would mean that this is all housed on Google's properties right. and be served on but, Google, But it's right? still a step away. It's still another step away from the search results. So what I'm That's talking right. about is yeah, being in the so search you're saying within the search And result. now that I think about it, there was a while ago, I have seen these in betas where they have inline forms. Yes. Um, is that, that that was tested a while back. Yeah, and then it, and it, it disappeared. disappeared. Maybe it didn't respond too well, but I kind of think that kind of thing, maybe it needs to be a pop-up. Yeah. So you click on it. So a white paper. Download a white paper. I'm in the Google search results. Yes. So I add, download a white paper. I just want to go download now. Ping, pops Correct. it up, sends it to my email. Yes. Rather than, oh, take me to a landing page, scroll, scroll, <laughs> that kind of thing. I, I'm surprised we haven't seen that in 
Google, but they've I, probably tested it and maybe yeah. it just hasn't worked. I and I know. think this is the this is that fine line of as everything surfaces in search results and people get answers without leaving the search page or, you know, hearing a result if it's voice mm. activated. I think that's the, that's the next thing. You just kind of see that they're testing things and you're starting to see, I did some search results for, I think I wanted to find out what was the, like the average exercise time someone of my age would actually put into an Apple Watch, right? So they're really interesting. And I thought, oh, I wonder whether I've set it too low or is it too high? Am I reaching my daily goal okay. you know, for exercise? So I went on this um, mission one morning after I did go to training to find, find this out. And I found all these interesting search results pop up saying, oh, here's the top answer. And I think I took a screenshot and highlighted one for you. And I was amazed because there were results and stuff that I'd never seen before popping up into my search. So right. I think this is a key indicator that Google is slowly making this happen and without trying to change it in a rapid way, but really encourage people to move along that path. Yeah. Uh, well, encourage people to pay. Yeah, that's, that's right. And, and you know what? This is it. We're, we pay to play on Facebook. We pay to play on every other platform. Mm. I think Google is becoming a pay to play. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll definitely <laughs> you know, if you, want, if you want to be there, then you're going to be have to be seen. So I think it's a real key. And I think you've got to be on top of this because it is changing on a daily basis. All right, onto a HubSpot marketing feature like Craig, and this is the HubSpot redirect manager. Yeah, slightly changing gears, going from a major strategic announcement from Google down to a tiny little cool Correct. feature in HubSpot <laughs> that I was playing with this week, which is really good because we went live with a new client site on the weekend. And so part of that was redirects and making sure pages didn't fall out of Google and all that kind of thing. So I was getting deeper into the HubSpot URL mapping tool. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I noticed, I hadn't seen this before. Maybe it's been there for a while, but they've got this directive that you can put on URLs called with an asterisk where rest of URL. So you can actually capture wildcard versions of URLs on the site and redirect them to other areas. And what's really nice about this, you could do this, say, in WordPress and um, HD access, you know, regex expressions, right? What's really nice about the HubSpot implementation is they have this little advanced tick which says ignore this mapping if a page exists at the requested URL. And this is the key part, isn't it? This is the key part. So just to explain, if you're doing a redirect, like let's say you had WordPress, we've done tons of WordPress sites, we've put in redirects. If someone were to go to that redirected original source URL, the redirect will redirect them. And so we might have wildcards, regex wildcards to do that. The HubSpot one does that as well, except if the original URL does exist, it will ignore it and leave it in there, which is great because it means we could very quickly just set up wildcard redirects but not worry that we're accidentally redirecting pages that were still in place. So big shout out to HubSpot. See, I guess for more technical people like us, these kinds of things... These add hours to That's site go lives, exactly, right? Yes. We, we're doing all this behind the scenes stuff, making sure redirects are in there, but not exceptions so that we're redir- not accidentally redirecting pages we don't want to. All of this stuff that clients often don't even See, know we're doing. Correct. Hours of work behind the scenes. This kind of stuff in HubSpot saves us hours. It's great. So the next time you're going live with a new site, look at the uh, HubSpot URL mapping tool. It, yeah implemented smartly it'll save you hours of work so big thumbs up thank you hubspot product team 
Thank you, HubSpot product team. This has been in the tool a while. And I want to say thank you for highlighting the obvious because I think if you're a user and you don't really play in this part, it can seem really confusing and too complicated to be like, I'm just going to ignore that and carry on. So keep an eye out for what Craig has just Yeah, well, and we've got in the show notes, we've got a link to knowledge base that tells you how to do that thing. It's called flexible pattern URL mapping. And if you don't know or don't want to touch it, you can always call Craig. <laughs> Call me, I love this stuff. All right, up to our hospital gotcha of the week, Craig. And and this gotcha gets you and me every time. And we haven't got out of this infinite loop, I have to say. So we're just mentioning it in case other listeners have this problem, which is... Getting unsubscribed from HubSpot emails. And even when you try to resubscribe, you get the, oh, we're so sorry to see you go. You're like, did I just do the right thing or did I do the wrong thing? And we're back in that loop again. Yeah. So just to explain to listeners, if you've ever gone to, say, a HubSpot page or a landing page, download one of their eBooks, you go to sign up to download, it says, oh, it looks like you've unsubscribed from all emails from us. And we're like, no, I haven't unsubscribed. Oh, I've got to resubscribe. Okay, I'll resubscribe. Great. Oh, now I can download. Okay, beauty. We're all good. A week later, oh, you've unsubscribed. Why am I getting email? What's going on? You and I have both had this, right? So it's not just me. We are in this hole, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Varun, thanks for listening. We contact Varun. We contacted HubSpot support. Everyone trying to get this solved. Anyway, HubSpot supporter on the case again. Just mentioning it. So listeners, if you have that problem, you're getting unsubscribed for some bizarre reason, you're not alone. We'll let you know if we come up with a solution for it. All right, Craig, on to our marketing warning tip of the week. What's this about? Yeah, so this is a good one. Actually, my wife put me onto this. Um, she found um, this article uh, talking about Facebook page. If you've got a Facebook page, yep. people were using some of these third-party tools for sharing content on a page to grow engagement. One of them in this article was called Provider. And what had happened was pages were just getting banned. Or not banned, they were just getting unpublished yep. and also locked in some cases. So you might be an admin on the page. Oh, you can't actually administer your page anymore. And what had happened was because this third-party tool was coming in and just providing content, it was just repeating sharing content. And so these pages were getting blocked or sometimes unpublished. So this is just a warning to people that have Facebook pages that might be using some of these other tools to provide content, engaging content on their pages in an, you know, to build engagement. Yes. You actually might be putting yourself at risk. And so the takeaway is just check that you're not doing that or your agency's not doing that. But two, actually review, go through your own content. Because if you're actually sharing stuff in an automated way that's not from your site, it's from other sources, you might actually be duplicating that content and um, be raising flags with Facebook. So there you go. Just a warning. All right. On to HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is the notifications from the prospects tool. So this is one of those little hidden gems inside the system. And we wanted to highlight it because it has changed a bit in the past few weeks. Yeah, coming up, um, we'll be talking just in a later shot about something that's missing from it now. But one of the things that's good about it, I wanted to highlight, is that you can get notifications based on filtered prospects list. So the prospects tool, just a reminder to people, is... When HubSpot sees anonymous visitors on your site and it can recognize the company they're from. Yes. And it's quite good. It filters out ISPs, you know, just That's Telstra right. or Foxtel, Foxtel, AT&T, all that kind of stuff. It filters out ISPs. And so just you can see, and quite often in big, bigger B2B clients, for example, yeah. you might say, oh, 
Oracle's, yeah, Oracle's exactly. on our site a lot. Wow, wow, that's interesting. Well, Microsoft's on our site. I wonder what they're looking at. And so you can actually star or favorite some of these companies. That's and right. Then you get can actually daily... add them into, the, into your database. Well, you can add them into Correct. your database, but you can also favorite them. Yep. And then you can add notifications yes. to send you a daily notification of whether these companies are coming back. Yes. Now, why would this be useful to you? Well, your sales team might say, well, we've been actually targeting or reaching out to a few, let's say, company A. We don't know any contacts there yet, like we haven't cookied them, so we don't actually know if they're visiting the site, but we do know anonymously people from that site are visiting our site because it's coming up in the prospects tool. If we get a daily notification about that, we see them coming back, all right, time to reach out to them again. Maybe there's some interest. Yes. So the other part of that is that not only can you get personal notifications, but you can set a filtered list in the prospects tool and then send it to your team as well. Correct. So get team notifications. And this really lines up with the whole making sure you've actually set up people that belong to a team in the user settings. So make sure you actually do that. Now, obviously, people can't belong to two teams at the same time. So make sure you actually set that out correctly because this will enable things like notifications and things that are being shared to be shared with the right people. That's a great tip. We should actually add um, setting up teams as our tip of the week next week. There you go. Look, I'll give you one bonus. Did you know in filters you can use the or command? No, I didn't. Yeah. That was a little bonus for me a little too. Bon- a little hack for you there. So let's. Uh, here, here's an example. You've got the contacts list. Yes. And you say filter on first name equals... Craig yep. or Ian, yep. and then that'll give you that list. So all commands there. That's fantastic, Craig. Great little time saver. Thank you, HubSpot product team. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Big shout out to someone in product who's implementing all these features. Someone put that in thinking, oh. No one's going to see it. No one will go and see it, but we saw it. Thank you, product team. All right. On to our opinion of the week, Craig. And this is about process versus platforms. Okay, I was doing some training with a client yesterday, actually. Yep. We're talking through, uh, this was sales training, so t- training them up on HubSpot sales and looking at deals yep. and things like that. And so the, the comment is that the best software tools, you could have the best tools like HubSpot, but they're power limited without the right data. Okay. okay, so that's the first point. The second point is, well, decent data is often a result of proper processes being followed. Okay, that's very good. For example, sales rep keeping the life cycle stage updated, things like that. But then the third point is proper processes are usually a result of smart incentives. So as part of this training, they were saying, oh, we want to be able to do this report. I'm like, oh, the data's not really there. Is the data not being updated? What's going on? Oh, yeah, the sales reps don't do that. Yeah, we've got to kick them to you know get it up. I was like, okay. So there's a process problem here. Well, actually, there's an incentives problem because they're not being incentivized to keep it up to date, whether that's, well, you've got to work out what the incentives are. So the opinion of the week, I'm just throwing this out as an opinion because uh, I don't look after sales team. I'm just providing a bit of training on the tool. But my opinion was it seemed to be that the benefit you'll get out of the tool at the end is directly correlated to the incentives you put to your sales team at the start. Now, Craig, this is very fascinating. You talk about this. I had this exact conversation. Oh, really? With a uh, not a customer, a friend of mine who is a BDM in okay. a business where the same thing happens and they turn up at a sales meeting every Monday or Friday and so they need to have updated data that they go through. The sales manager does, right? Okay. The guys are often on the road, doesn't get updated, so they rock up at the sales meeting and everything's not accurate, right? Right. 
So my friend suggested, hey, why don't you on a Friday hire somebody for an hour or two to ring up every BDM that's on the road and get enough, basically, you know, filter by BDM, filter by their deals. Okay, what's happened with deal A? Same, changed, okay, update, done, away we go. Mm. So it kind of took it out of the hands of the BDM to do that if they're obviously on the road all the time. Yeah, so right. That, so that was a different solution, mm-hmm. not so much an incentive-based solution. Yeah, right. Now, in talking about incentives, I was having a chat with another friend of mine that runs an accounting practice, and he was talking about incentivizing and how, as he incentivized people and gave people the opportunity to increase their personal revenue, things that used to get missed or things weren't filled out and they used to get to their work-in-progress meetings – now everybody is onto that really quickly because it affects the dollars at the end of the day and he finds that there's actually very few mistakes or if someone doesn't do it, someone's like asking Craig, hey, how come you didn't do that? Like we're all getting paid on this, right? you know, and this is affecting my performance or earning capability and they're onto it. So he goes, there's very few issues now because the incentive is correct and so people are really on board with actually getting the right outcome. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, a similar case in, in this client that we're dealing with, they incentivized deals because all the sales reps' commissions were based on deals being in HubSpot. Yes. Okay, so that's commissions are directly based on deals being yep. up to date. So do you reckon deals are up to date? Of course they are. They are up to date all the time, right? <laughs> However, the problem they've got is that they're not keeping life cycle stage updated. Uh, and why that's important is because yes. um, in the reporting add-on, you know, you can get Correct. that time, time in life cycle yep. stage. Okay. And they wanted to work out where the delays were, like where are they spending the most yes. time. So what's happening in their case is they go to marketing qualified lead. Then there's a massive- Then the sales reps never update them to sales qualified lead. They don't update the lead status field. Yeah. And then all of a sudden their customer because- yep. They kind of get to opportunity, wipe down the ad, oh, add the deal, add the deal, which automatically makes an opportunity. And then, oh, and then they're closing it really quickly. So you've got this skewed inaccuracy where you've got, oh, long time in MQL, and then suddenly a day in opportunity with a deal and then closed as a customer, right? So it makes reporting really hard. So that's an example where they're not incentivized to keep the data up to yes. date. So how do you overcome that? And well, that's, you know, every company is different, but that's actually a very typical example, I'd imagine that makes sales managers' life hard for reporting across exactly. those stages. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so I think you're right. What's the process and what's the incentive that kids are going? All right, Craig, on to our retirement of the week. So are you retiring from HubShots? Uh, no, I'm not. But um, I will say that HubSpot prospects, which we just talked about so yes. fondly a shot or two ago, they retired their recent activity piece. So if you've been in the prospects tool lately and you've yes, got company, I noticed it was missing. <laughs> company A has been on my site. Oh, 643 visits. Great. Oh, what have they been looking at? Oh, hang on. Where is that? You should be able to drill <laughs> into that. It's gone. Where's the page? Well, I'm sure I could see the page. They've taken it out. Yes. And this only happened, I think it was um, early June. Or, That's right. It's pretty it's recent. It's very recent. I looked it up. Anyway, it's related to GDPR yes. and privacy. I'm like, what? That sounds like a cop out to me. But anyway... If you're wondering where it's gone, it's gone. It was taken out intentionally. You're not going mad wondering where it was. So that's the retirement of the week. I was really sad to see that go. So was I. Actually I actually thought that was useful. But they were saying, you know, telemetry was, uh, wasn't used much. I guess well, maybe it wasn't. So, yeah, that's right. don't maintain it. All right, Craig, on to our resource of the week. 
Oh, tell me about this. It's podcast. It's, yeah. it's Matthew Barbie's latest SEO podcast from HubSpot by the HubSpot Academy. And there were seven episodes released. It's all about SEO. So you know how Matthew is a highly intelligent individual. He's a smart guy. And you understand what he's done with SEO in HubSpot and so on. And I think it's definitely worth a listen to. It's very well produced. He's a great co-host. And I only listened to the last episode to do with voice search. And it was very good in terms of understanding where things are going and what we need to do as marketers and as people as as we go into what he he describes as a screenless world what happens to search what happens to results how do people interact what's the intent and i really loved it the episodes are a bit longer they're about 40 to 50 minutes but absolutely gold content so i encourage anyone listening mm. to this podcast to have a listen to that thank you for putting me onto that i haven't listened to it yet but it's queued up in my um podcast listener so yes looking forward to it now craig the quote of the week this is from somebody who's actually speaking at inbound from google x it's mo gawat and he's written a book called solve for happy engineering your part to uncovering the joy inside you now this is his quote from his book and it says is there anything ever under our control Yes, two things are your actions and your attitude. I think that's that's pretty, that sums it up pretty well. That's a great quote. All right, now we've got a few bonus links. Yep, some extra reading there, especially related to sales and lead status fields and things like that. Enjoy. That's right. And all the product updates that were released. And I love those monthly videos. You can sit with a cup of coffee or tea. And Gee, they're good, a, aren't they? They're yeah. very good. Yep, link in the show notes to that as well. So have a listen to that. Now, before we leave, we'd love you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tweet it or put it on Facebook, on Instagram, and share what you've actually learned from this episode. And a big thank you and shout out to Ariana at HubSpot who shared us on LinkedIn. Yes. Doing that. Thank, thank you, you Ariana. And Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.